Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where you will learn how to create and sell your very own online courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and alongside me is Jeremy Deegan. We're excited to dive into a great topic today, structuring an engaging course, talking all about the outline and how you can make a great course. While you're listening, make sure you hit that subscribe button and take a moment to leave a review wherever you're listening to this show. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, hello, you can see us and make sure you subscribe to the channel. So Jeremy, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Uh, Really excited to get into this topic. This is a uh, very active episode, so we're going to really give some actionable advice here. And I love these kinds of episodes because we can give people like things to take away. You know, it's always good to talk about uh, why we do things, but to actually give people some ideas to get started on their course today, uh, whether they haven't started a course, whether it's your first time or you're on your hundredth course, uh, we want you to go ahead and take action. So I'm excited to get started. Yeah, totally. So we're going to be talking about structuring an engaging course. And so first, we're going to talk about kind of how you even kind of come up with the ideas for what to include in a course. And then we're going to talk about how you take those ideas and you structure or outline a course in a way that is engaging for a student. And like you said, this is super actionable for people, hopefully. So get your notebooks out and uh, start taking notes. So the first thing when we have our course idea, which we already did, we already validated, which if you listen to the previous episodes, you should have validated your course idea. So you have your course idea now. The next step is starting to sort of figure out what you're actually going to teach on that topic. So we have this idea of like brain dumping your ideas where you're basically just putting all the ideas about this topic out there before you really start to structure it and come up with an outline. What are some ways that people can brain dump ideas and I don't know, maybe expand upon that a little bit and what that means? Okay, yeah, definitely. You know, you want to have an idea of the the win or the thing that you want the customer to go through. What what you're teaching, you know, I might be teaching we've used dog training in the past, but you know, specifically what what progress do I want that that uh, person to go through so at the end of the course they have learned something you want to have that in mind um, but while you have that in mind you want to just get out your ideas as quick as possible because uh, something that you can really get stuck in a rut doing is trying to come up with an idea on a one-on-one basis so what I like to do is what you talked about is a brain dump you take every single thing that you can possibly think of that could be in your course and you get that out as quickly as possible. And you do this because it just allows the mind to just go freely and come up with ideas and you're not really driving too much into the details. Later on, we can structure those ideas. We can get rid of ideas. We can come up with new ideas. But here, you really want to come up with those ideas and what's going to be in the course. Um, I'm reminded of Steve Scott, who's a prolific Uh, Amazon Kindle book writer. And he talks about um, when he writes, he writes free form and he even writes the things that are going on in his head. So not only is he writing about his book topic, but if he pauses, he'll like, he'll write like, I'm pausing right now. 
oh my God, I'm still pausing. Okay, I got to start writing. He'll write those things out. So that's what a brain dump is. It's just coming up with those ideas and getting them down as quickly as possible and trying to come up with as many as you can and then later putting those in an order. Uh, One way that we can do it is with sticky notes. Um, You can get a stack of sticky notes and you just write down every single thing uh, that you could think of about that topic. So let's, you know, we talk about photography a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty common uh, topic. We can use that as an example. So I would write down like, you know, cameras, camera models, uh, DSLR, um, settings. You know, settings, aperture, any single Editing. word or phrase or keyword that I could think of. I would write those down on sticky notes and get as many as I can. You could set yourself a timer. Maybe you want to put like, how many ideas can I come up with in five minutes? And write down all those ideas on sticky notes and have those ready to go so later on we can start structuring those in an order. Uh, What's another one that you like to use? Well, I like the idea of the sticky notes because then you can actually physically move them around. And there's something about writing something down that I like more than using a digital tool. Although you can use digital tools to do this too. To I mean, a Google Doc form uh, sheet you could, or just a Word doc you can just write down as many ideas as possible, or creating sort of a mind map. And I know there's different tools that are online that you can use to create mind maps, which basically allows you to just write down all these different ideas. You put your topic; they're structured differently, but sometimes your main topic is in the center, and then. You can actually move things around online too. So if you like that idea of just having it all sort of in the cloud, you can edit it wherever you want. Um, It lasts forever. It's not like a sticky note. You can use sort of a mind map. Sometimes what I'll do is actually even start creating slides for the course, or not necessarily the course, but all for the course topic. So I'll just create sort of a slide, the intro slide for each course uh, or each idea Um, but so these are kind of ways that we come up with, or we can actually write down and do the brain dump or the mind map. But I guess like, I'm wondering as a beginner, like what are the, what should people actually be writing down? Is it like literally anything that comes to mind or is there anything you can, we can tell them to like help come up with more like specific ideas for their course topics? Well, I like to write down just about anything that I could think of. And and like I said, in the beginning, I have an idea of what I want to teach or, or what kind of path that I'm taking that person through. So um, say, say I'm teaching wedding photography. Well, I want that person to become an expert wedding photographer by the end of the course. So they're, th- they're going to have to know how to, you know, shoot. Maybe they're going to have to learn how to sell themselves or market themselves, how they're going to get uh, people you know, to buy into their business. So uh, how are they going to get hired as a freelancer or what have you? So I had that in mind and I could write down sentences or so I could write down something like um, – how, how do I sell myself as a wedding photographer? That might be mm-hmm. on a sticky note. And then I might write down like single keywords like lighting, you know. So later mm-hmm. on when I'm looking back at those, I really have an understanding of what, what I have together. And, and what happens with these brain dumps is once you have them written, written out, you start putting them in an order. So you, you look at things and you see you've written down a bunch of camera settings and then you group those into a camera settings category mm-hmm. and that becomes – 
becomes a section of your course. And then you have a lot of marketing things and you put those into a section and you start clumping those together. And that's how you can start structuring your course uh, a little easier is just by getting all these ideas out and then moving them around and adding to them later on. Yeah. And actually, I was I was kind of trying to think of the tool that I've used in the past for mind maps, MindMeister, mind mm-hmm. M-E-I-S-T-E-R.com. That's a cool free tool that you can, um, there's, they have pricing plans too, but you can get started for free to create your own uh, mind map. So this, I like this idea of just thinking as a beginner, what would they be wanting in a course and putting all those ideas out? If you're struggling to kind of think of all this stuff on your own or even if you think you know everything and you've written down i still suggest you doing a little bit of research uh, about what other topics you can teach and this includes for me looking at other online courses on udemy or off of udemy Um, i actually uh, like looking both places because udemy doesn't necessarily have all all the best courses so seeing what other people are teaching, not to copy, but to get inspiration. And if there are specific topics or sections that you missed and they're on several other courses, it probably means you should have that in your course. And this also helps you to create a better course, a course that talks about even more topics. Um, one other thing that I would do is search on Google for whatever topic it is, like photography or wedding photography. And first do a search for that, see what comes up, but also search for wedding photography tutorials. And on YouTube, same thing, wedding photography tutorials and see what comes up, see what the most popular top topics are, the popular articles, the popular videos, because those are definitely uh, topics that you should be teaching in your class. And they can also give you an idea for kind of ways that you can name your lessons later on. This is kind of getting a little bit more when you're actually creating the course and writing it out. But like just the way that you title your lessons and structure uh, your sections is also something you can get inspiration from other people online. Yeah. And when you're looking online and you're doing your research and seeing what's already out there, if you get stuck, just think of some questions that you would ask as a beginner or someone mm-hmm. trying to learn this topic. Like uh, we've used a makeup analogy before. I know absolutely nothing about makeup. So, but I would ask myself, what is a student, you know, what kind of questions do they have? Um, how do I apply this makeup? Um, what brand should I use? You know, you just try to get in the mindset of someone who's learning. It's really hard to do when you've been doing something for so long. Me and you, if we're teaching, you know, video or something like that, it's really easy for us to get off on a tangent on some really complex stuff because we've been doing it so long. But you want to ask those questions, you know, what is a beginner thinking of when they're trying to learn this topic when you're doing your research? And a great website that you can use to help answer some of those questions that people ask is called answerthepublic.com. That website, you can put in a keyword like, say, makeup, and it'll actually give you a bunch of questions that are commonly found on Google. It uses Google search engine or algorithms to put these questions in a database. And it's uh, another way for you to kind of get an idea for the structure of your course uh, whenever you're doing research. And you mentioned looking at other courses, seeing what is pretty common on, say, YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. Another great resource is using Amazon. You can use Kindle books or eBooks on Amazon and see what has already been made on that topic, what is popular, what people are looking for, and uh, do some research that way. 
So let's say that, you know, we've got some ideas, we've looked and done some research, we know what's really popular, what kinds of questions people are asking, and we've got a uh, hundred sticky notes of ideas. How do we start putting that into an outline and getting that more into an actual structure? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is coming up with those sections. Um, and so you're going to have to have an introductory section and a conclusion section. So those are kind of two you automatically already going to ha- are going to have. And this is where you kind of have to be a little bit more creative. And hopefully you can start to see from the topics you've written down that some do group together quite easily. Sometimes this is a little harder for me depending on the topic. And I have to come up with how do I take a the student who's a beginner in this topic and take them to the goal, which is whatever it is, becoming an advanced photographer or learning how to use a drone or whatever it is. And you have to really be a little creative and figure out what are the big overarching categories or steps. And so this is different for me in different classes. Like for example, uh, with video editing, it's kind of there some of it's easy so like i'll start a video editing class with learning how to use the interface learning basic video editing tools and then i can categorize sections under bigger buckets like color correction audio editing adding titles and these are just things that i kind of came up with that i think are big kind of buckets Um, but it's always thinking about what order should you do that as a student what makes the most sense as a student to kind of take an order. And I, I mean, hopefully, since you're the expert in this topic, you can understand what order and what kind of big topics. But I would try to come up with categories that are not too long either, like maybe like five to six or seven lessons, maybe sometimes more, maybe sometimes fewer lessons in each section. But I would stay away from having sections that are like, 20 lessons long. Um, I think it's easier for a student to feel like they're progressing through a course if they're going through sections that are shorter. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of other ways to like help with come up with the sections. In a minute, we're going to talk about like what to include in each section, but do you have any other ideas? Yeah. One thing that you can do is you can start with the end goal and work backwards. So if your end goal is to be a professional wedding photographer, you know, what, uh, what's the last thing that is happening there mm-hmm. is you're probably getting clients or you're getting jobs or you're getting hired. So that last section is probably going to be more about the, the marketing and advertising or the contracts or the freelancing. And then you work backwards from there. Well, what you need to do before you get those clients, it might be about marketing or getting mm-hmm. your website up. Uh, before that might be setting up your studio or your equipment or your lighting or what have you. And then before that might be the basics of like cameras. So you can you can have in mind of what the end goal is and then kind of work backwards from there, I think is a really good technique to use if you're getting kind of stuck on, on which way. But once you have your brain dump and you have your mind map or you have your slides, you can start moving those things around and kind of see what makes sense in a logical order and, you know, it's like uh, cooking or baking a cake. It's it's a one, two, three process, you know, like what is the first thing they need to know? What is the second thing? And then finally, what's the end goal that you're trying to achieve? So let's talk about um, the beginning of the course. Let's mm-hmm. talk about, say, like the introduction. Um, to me, it's pretty typical in my courses. I'm going to introduce myself and I've changed this a little bit 
the longer that I've gone on. So I heard someone mention one time that people who have bought your course have already invested in you. And so you really don't have to spend too much time talking about yourself. And I find that to be true, uh, especially on like you to me, people already kind of know me who are buying my courses. So I don't need to spend, you know, 30 minutes explaining who I am. Now you probably do want to talk about your expertise and whatever you're talking about so that people can have that immediate trust. But you don't have to go into, I think, a long detail in the introduction. I like really getting into the content. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think the first section is probably the most important section of your course. And I used to do that. I used to have in my course an introductory section with six or seven videos. One was, welcome to this course. Thanks for enrolling. One was, here's what you get with this course. (laughs) One was, here's five minutes about my background and how I got to where I am today. One was, how do you review this course and how you can help me make this course better? And you know, by the time they were watching 20, 30 minutes of the course, they hadn't really learned anything. And um, now, I think more than ever, it's important to jump right into the content. Like you said, yep. people are buying the course. A lot of them might have already bought the, a previous course of yours, or they have already decided that this is the course for them. They looked at the, the outline of the course. So you don't have to spend a lot of time going over that. For me, my intro videos, I have one intro video that kind of encompasses all of that. Right. I welcome them. I say thank you. I do a quick, like... Sometimes I don't even go too in-depth about why I'm an expert in this topic um, mm-hmm. because I think it shows through the course content and I don't necessarily right. have to like make a, you know argument for myself at that point. Um, I will quickly go over like the overview of the course. If there's something that I think is important, like sometimes I, there's sections or topics that might be a little advanced or th- I tell people like you might feel free to jump around the course if that's if you find right. some topics more interesting. I'll quickly mention that they can leave a review for the class. That's helpful. Um, if there's anything that I can do to make the class better, to send me a message. And that's all within like maybe a minute and a half or two minutes. And that's the first video because I really want to get into the content. Um, so one thing that I've done in a lot of my classes is have some sort of quick win in this first section and this can either be sort of a tutorial where you're actually showing someone something or it could kind of just be an example of what they can learn in this class like one example I think of is in my photo editing classes I show them like a cool tool that they can use really quickly without having ever used that that application before like hey click this button, click this button. Wow, look how awesome this photo looks. Something that is super easy to do um, and it gets them excited about continuing with the course. I think that kind of quick win is good. And then the other thing with with your intro section is having some sort of supplemental resource like a download or if you are using sort of practice files. I do a lot of like creative classes so I'm always giving practice video files or photos that they can use while following along. Um, But I think having some sort of download in that first section also makes the class feel a little bit more um, valuable because you're a student, you just logged in and hey, look at I get this 10 page PDF that is a quick overview of all the things I'm going to learn in this class. That's awesome. Something like that I think is can 
help students be happier. And we know that on Udemy, reviews are basically the most important factor of a course's success. And they prompt students to review very early on. And so you want to make sure that those first few lessons that they're in are really actionable and Mm. the students are loving it. So are there any other ideas for the intro section that you, you have? No, I think you uh, you hit them pretty good. You know, I have a GarageBand course in my second, you know, I have an introduction lecture. My second lecture is I teach someone in the program how to create a rock song from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And then I go on to teach the software from the beginning, mm-hmm. including in mm-hmm. installation on through. So I've given them a really quick win, like you're talking about, by teaching them, you know, here's an overview of the program and everything that you're going to learn in this class is in this first like 10 or 15 minute video. And then I go on to teach that software and people love that. I get comments on that all the time. Um, you know, good reviews and, and just happy that they're able to see what that software can do before we start talking into some of the, what I would call more boring stuff, like how to install it. Um, and then also you mentioned supplemental re- resources. I feel like that could also be a quick win. So mm-hmm. you could have a download of maybe three questions for your student where you say, you know, why do you want to be a wedding photographer? And you have them print that out. And it's something that it's supplemental that they can, you know, feel and use. Mm -hmm. And it prompts them to do something, to take action. Mm -hmm. So it starts the thought process of, you know, why they want to do or why they want to learn what they're learning. So I think you really uh, knocked those out of the the part. Um, So once we get past the intro, we start jumping into the individual sections. So what's included in those sections once once you get into the actual lectures? Yeah, so you're going to have all the topics grouped together that we did in our brain dump. And so it's easy to just go through and create a section and every lesson is going to be a new video. But I think there's ways that you can make your sections more engaging and that's what we want to do. We want to make our courses engaging and fun and entertaining and watching, you know, 10, 10 lectures in a row that are each five minutes long, that can mm-hmm. get kind of boring. So I think breaking up your course with things like activities, quizzes, um, other projects, or even like text-based lectures Uh, is a good thing that you should do. And you should try to do this in each section. So Mm -hmm. for each section of my courses, I try to have some sort of activity. So it doesn't necessarily have to be at the end of the the section. It often is. But it's taking everything they've learned into in that section and showing them what they can do in the real world with those skills, whether it's photography or video editing or design. We have an activity where we say, hey, go ahead and create this design or go take a photo in this kind of style. And so that gets them to go out and use their skills and feel like they're actually learning. Quizzes are good. Uh, I found that some students like quizzes, some don't. It kind of surprises me. Like, I, I guess for most of my classes, I don't have quizzes anymore, but I'll get the random comment from time to time or review that's like, why isn't there any quizzes in this class? I wish there were quizzes that like help me learn. And so sometimes I feel like quizzes are good for some learners, but for others, people don't like them. And you, quizzes are kind of tricky because you want to make them easy enough where it's like the students actually know the answer, but you, you don't want to make them too easy where it's just like kind of like a waste of time for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, activities, download uh, quizzes, And the other thing that I would mention, too, is 
One thing I used to do was for each section, I would have an intro video introducing that section as like a separate video. Um, if you do that now, or if I do that now, I try to have some sort of like quick win or quick sort of uh, skill or thing that they learn in that intro. So right. instead of having like a 30 second video where it's just like, welcome to this new section, here's what you're gonna learn. That's kind of a waste of time for them. But mm -hmm. I'm thinking of my photography course that we're doing right now. It's like, welcome to this new section on your on exposure. You're going to learn how to manually adjust your exposure. What is exposure and what does it mean? And so I'll do mm -hmm. like a minute lesson that kind of introduces the topic and teaches them a little bit. But it's still sort of an, an introduction to the section. Um, so yeah, yeah, those are my ideas. You have to remember that people are interested in learning something in this course. They're not, they don't care about you and what you have to say. I mean, they care about what yeah. you have to say in regards of teaching you, yeah. but they don't want to hear you just rambling on and, and adding a bunch of extra fluff to say, make the course longer or cause you feel like it needs to be there. People want to get to the result that they're trying to achieve. So they don't need all the the extras inside of there. Um, so I I think that, you know, what you mentioned is great. You definitely want to try to break it up. One thing that I'm trying to do a little bit more of is also breaking it up with things like activities and quizzes and mm -hmm. also not in uh, the same order all the time. So, you know, instead of having like, uh, lecture, 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 practice activity, lecture, 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 practice activity. I think even time that gets kind of boring for people because they see mm -hmm. that pattern and it just kind of becomes monotonous where I feel like you do a lecture, lecture, practice activity, and then three or four lectures and then a quiz and two or three lectures and then something else I, I, like a text-based lecture. I think that really like keeps the mind activated. And I think that it's a little more engaging. Mm -hmm. Um, it's humans are tricky people, you know, we see patterns and things can get boring very fast. So you don't want to have a lot of extra fluff when you want to try to change it up for people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. One thing that also you can do is it depends on the, the topic and if it's a beginner course or an advanced course or an all encompassing course. But one thing that is hard to do is to create a course that everybody is happy with in terms mm -hmm. of the yeah level like beginner to advanced and one way that i've found that helps is creating most of my most of my lectures are going to be like beginner or it's going to be beginner and then later in the course it's going to be advanced but if it makes sense to have sort of an advanced topic in like one of the earlier sections have it in there but make sure you introduce it as an advanced lesson so mm -hmm. you can tell people literally i say like hey, this is an advanced topic. If you're not ready for this or if you, if this is too confusing for you, feel free to skip this and come back to it. For me, like as a teacher, it makes the most sense to put it in that section because there's nowhere else to put it. It's related. And again, going back to my photography course, it's related to exposure, but it's too advanced for like the beginners. So mm -hmm. I want to have it in that section, but just letting people know that it's okay to skip lessons now and come back to them. Or sometimes I'll have like different styles of lectures. Like we'll have a lot of our lectures are talking head or demonstration, but then we have these like sort of more casual, like conversations between me and my co-instructor about different topics that are longer, like 15, 20 minutes long um, that a student might want to skip right now 
if they're not really interested in that topic. But mm-hmm. if people do are ready for sort of a break in the flow and want something a little bit more laid back, they get that. Um, but it's it's about making sure people know when they start the lecture that it's okay to skip. So saying it and also using like a title card that is different, maybe using a different color or a different sort of song. If you have music at the beginning of your, your lessons, something that every time they hear that song, they realize, okay, this is that sort of optional lecture. That's one thing that I've done that I find people like. Nice. I like that tip. I think, I think that's really cool and probably something I'm going to start doing in my courses. Now. Yeah. I think like really with this photography masterclass, I mean, this one, it's a lot of work. So it's not one of these classes where it's, you can create it in a week and pu- yeah. publish it. But that's why our other photography masterclass did so well. And I think this one's going to be even better. We're really trying to make it epic. And so it's not just lecture, 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 lecture. It's lecture, lecture, lecture. Here's a you know really in-depth article that explains these things. Here's a 20-minute chat where we go deeper into these things. Here's an activity that we want you to do. And then here's a solution. Here's a quiz. It's adding like all these things to make it really engaging, switching things up. And I think most students kind of like that kind of style. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So we got the introduction and then we got like the main sections where we've got our lectures, we've got our quizzes, our practice activities. And now we want to close out the course. And we got to keep in mind that, you know, we talk about different platforms on this podcast. We might be talking about Skillshare or Udemy, or we might be talking about self-hosting. And I feel like you got to handle those a little differently Mm -hmm. because I might do something different on Udemy that I'm going to do on Skillshare or Thinkific or Teachable. So let's talk about course conclusion and, and what what you do once you finish a course what are some some advice that you have uh for how to end your course let's go ahead and talk about let's say udemy first yeah well i think on any platform it's important to have a thank you video uh, again we don't really know how long how many people actually get to that final video probably not that many compared to how many people enroll but having a thank you video where you just thank people uh, where you ask for a review um, those are important things just to have um on Udemy, we have the bonus lecture that you can add, which is your place to promote other courses um, or other products or your website or really anything. Um, and so it's important to use that in your courses. Um, I've found that I make extra income just by having that lecture. And for a while, I hadn't put that lecture in a number of my courses. And it's just missed out income at that point. Um, in that sort of in last video, because I think it, it should only really be one video where you're thanking people, you're asking for reviews. The best thing to do would be to provide sort of some sort of what's next strategy for them. What is the next course they should take? What, what um, other content do you have? If, they, if you don't have a course, do you have more articles? Do you have a Facebook group that is about this topic? Do you have a YouTube channel where they can learn more? What kind of other things can you do to take it to the next level um, is important and customizing it per course and per topic. Yeah, I feel like that that would also work really well, especially if you're self-hosting like, you know, the Teachable or Thinkific because say you have two or three Thinkific courses or Teachable courses and you want to cross promote those at the end, that would probably be okay. But 
imagine that you've got a blog and a podcast and you only have one big masterclass. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to just leave them hanging at the end and say, uh, well, thanks for taking my course. See you later. Like you said, get them back into your, your funnel, get them back into your brand. Can you send them back to an article? Now that you learned how to do this, go listen to this podcast that I did on this subject or take them back to a, a more in-depth video tutorial. I think that would be probably a good tip to have at the end of any type of courses. You know, what, where do you go from here? Don't just leave them hanging. And I think those are great ideas because the goal is to take the student and make them a part of your brand and make them a fan, a raving fan of yours. And you might be able to do that with one course, but it'll be more likely that you can do that through them subscribing to your YouTube channel or liking your Facebook page or eventually going to your website and subscribing to your email list. And those are all things that if you're not using Udemy, you should be doing that earlier in the course. If you're self-hosting, you should be getting people on that email list. You should be asking them to, to join Facebook groups related to the topics. Um, so I think that's kind of like the goal with the end of the course is that you don't want this to be the end of your relationship with the student. You want them to continue and, and perhaps buy another course. And so that might mean offering a discount to a future course, or you might have a premium course that you can upsell them to that takes them to the next level. And that's the perfect opportunity to do it if they went through an entire beginner course, but they want sort of more. Offer that. I don't know how many times I've been asked by students do you offer a mentorship program? Do you offer one-on-one coaching? And mm-hmm. at the end of a course is the perfect time to to offer that or to at least have that option because you never know if people are going to be wanting that. Um, and you, just having it is a good idea. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. Skillshare, is there anything that you would say? That's, thanks for watching. Give me a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Skillshare could be cool because it's kind of, if you're really doing the Skillshare thing right, it's kind of short project-based courses and you can kind of promote another project. I don't, I honestly, I don't know what the rules are with, in terms of promoting other Skillshare courses in in, your course. In the past, they were pretty lenient about pretty much everything promotion wise on Skillshare. Of course, you'd really want to look into those uh, rules and make sure you're not breaking them. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm sure that you could probably try to lead them back into your, your brand or your business. And, you know, another thing I wanted to add is we've talked about this before. It doesn't have to be an online course. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if you are selling a product or you have a brick and mortar business and you want to lead people back to that, you know, Mm -hmm. how can you do that in, in a, in a way or a manner that would make sense? You've taught them how to use a product, uh, and you sell that product well, now go send them off to sell that product. Or you have a brick and mortar business where you've taught them something mm-hmm. and you want to get them into your store, you know, give them a coupon or give them a discount to come in and, and buy some of your supplies or use your services. Yeah. I feel like would be another um, great way to go about that. So I can't think of anything else. Um, we've talked about uh, getting your ideas down on paper or down digitally if you're using, say, slides or mind maps. 
Uh, we've talked about maybe researching and looking at other courses and other topics or things that you could teach. And then we kind of talked about the structure of the course. How do you start the course? What do you have in your course? And how do you conclude your course? Do you have any other uh, tips or tricks for those out there who are interested in starting their course? I think the, the only thing I'll say is definitely go ahead and check out our courses. Look for courses in your topic that you're going to be competing with because you can really see what the best courses do and kind of use that for inspiration and from here we've we've talked a lot about it but it's sometimes hard to really understand it without actually looking at a course outline so just go ahead and check out um, our courses and not that not all of our courses are going to be perfect and some are better than others um, but definitely look at the courses that you'll be competing with and use that as inspiration um, so that's all I'm gonna say so yeah. everyone I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode or watching it Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this and to the YouTube channel. And if you want to continue this conversation off the podcast, head over to Facebook and join the Online Course Masters Facebook group. And if you're really interested in learning the entire process, if you're a beginner and you want sort of step-by-step instructions laid out in a video content way, we have the premium mentorship at Online Course Men- Online Course Masters. Com. Uh, so as always, we're happy to have you here. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.